Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coastal. Hey, my name's TJ. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on, give it up, y'all. How are you guys doing? 11 a.m., you guys doing well? This is, this is the crowd that forgot it was time change weekend. And uh, guys, are y'all recovering right now? You guys in recovery? You guys ready for this? Anyways, hey, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us as we are uh, continuing a series today called Face the Music. Before we kind of dive into that, I, I thought I'd give you uh, two things that, that I want you all to know. First of all, uh, many of you ha have asked and are wondering what happened Thursday night. Thursday night, we had a huge meeting for our uh, immeasurably more building project, which we're going to have an opportunity to give to here in a little while. Uh, and Thursday night, we had a huge meeting with the city of Parkland. And uh, I, it, it, went, it went really, really well uh, from a couple of perspectives. Um, so what happened Thursday night is, is we got a unanimous approval on our site plan. And so our site plan has been unanimously approved by, yeah, by the city uh, of Parkland, by their, this, this board. Uh, what didn't necessarily go as well is, is they hated the look of our building, and uh, like which we kind of knew going in advance because our building looks nothing like anything in Parkland, and uh, that was their problem, and that was our exact word to them is, is we look nothing like anything in Parkland. That's why we're coming here, why we're bringing something new, something fresh, something different, and so uh, they rejected our appearance application, but what was really amazing is they did something that uh, in talking with some of them later on that they have never done. They made a special meeting for us later this month to come back before them to get our approvals uh, so that we could stay on track to be able to break ground this summer on that future facility. And so that's pretty awesome that that they're they're doing that. And in fact, some of the some of the people on the board came up to me as we were outside as a big group of people. Thank you all for all of you guys that came out. Uh, a, a couple of them came out and said, "Hey, we just want you to know." We are super excited that we're finally getting you guys here. We've been waiting for a church to come. Our community is ready for it. Like people are, are, are chomping at the bit for you guys to come to Parkland. It just shows that God is going before us and he's making a way and he's been preparing a way the entire time. So I'm super excited to see what God's going to do over the next uh, little bit of time as we move forward in this project. Secondly, uh, what I want to say to you is, is as we get into this message today, I, I want to say this on the front end, um, because this message is, is not a complete message. And I say that because what's happening right now is, is this message is really coming out of a place where God is working on me personally. And, and so I, I want you to hear this on the front end because, because God is still working it out in me. Uh, sometimes I might come off a little bit different. And so this, uh, let me just preface this today, that this might not be kind of the normal coastal flair and kind of the normal TJ presentation because I'm still trying to figure this out for my own life. And, and so I, I want to say that on the front end, and I want to say this. Um, you're going to hear words, uh, and, and some of those words might come across as like, ooh, that, that, that kind of punched me in the throat, and, and maybe it needs to punch you in the throat, but I want you to understand, uh, don't just hear the words, but hear my heart in this. Can, can you all do that for me today? Can we have a little bit of, of grace on me today as, as I'm working through this? And I, and I believe that God is going to do something in your heart just like he's been doing in mine because he's been convicting me greatly when it comes to this idea of this song, Jack and Diane, that we just heard. And, and I actually heard this song a, a couple of months. This year has been a crazy year. I've done more funerals in the first three months of this year than I did all of last year. 
And I was driving home from a funeral in Bradenton that, that I, I performed. And uh, this song came on the radio. I was thinking about this series, and we were trying to find, like, what is that last week's message that we're going to do for this series, Face the Music. And, and I heard this song, Jack and Diane. And there was a line in this song that just, that just hit me right to my heart. It says, oh, yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. And, and it got me, and God's like, you know, so many times in life, what we do is we focus on this moment, this time, and we forget that there is something beyond this life. That, that when the thrill of this existence here on earth ends, there is a whole nother thrill that is beyond that, and we don't ever get that perspective. We don't ever look at life from that viewpoint and 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 we miss out on something so so great and 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 as I was thinking about this message God has kept speaking to me because I've had the opportunity to travel a whole lot and 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 I figured this is the best way to explain it I've traveled all over the world uh and, and most of the time that I've gotten to travel on mission trips and different adventure kind of things Shayla has not gotten to come with me and so while I've gone to some really cool places in Asia, and I've been all over Africa, and been through South America and Central America, and all over Europe, I've experienced a lot of those things. But every time I'm gone at one of those places, you know what I'm most excited about? The thing that I'm most excited about when I'm gone is getting home to Shayla. You would think, well, that's correct. Why, why would you want to get home to Shayla? Like, when I'm gone, all I'm thinking about and counting down and, and, and contemplating is, is how long am I going to get, is it going to be before I get to see Shayla? Why? Because I'm madly in love with Shayla. Like, I understand you're not as excited about that as I am, but I'm, like, I'm jacked about it. Like, I'm, like, man, I, I was in Africa the last time I was there without her, and I was like, man, I just can't wait to get home. I just want to get home, and, and while we can FaceTime and do it, it's just not the same. And so I remember I was, I was, like, counting down. I was like, how many more hours on a plane do I have before I get to go and give her a hug and squeeze her butt a little bit and, you know, do all those Listen, I, when you're married for 17 years, you could squeeze a butt. Until then, you got to work that out with fear, uh, salvation, trembling, all that kind of stuff. So you work that out in your own relationship. Uh, but, I, like, I can't wait for that moment. And I think the same thing is true when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, or at least it should be. Like, we're on a small portion of our life right here on earth, and we should be longing for the moment that we get to experience eternity with God. Like, this is just a temporary uh, blip on the radar screen in the, uh, in the grand scheme of eternity and life. And so a lot of times we're thinking, man, I want to maximize this life. I want to live this life. We want to do all these things. And we fail to realize that there is something so much more that I cannot wait to the day that I can experience this incredible love that I have. Just like I love Shayla, man, I love God. And so my life, I, while I'm living here, I can't wait to get to that moment. I can't wait to experience eternity with him, and I can, I can read while I'm here, and I can pray, and I can do those, and those are good things, but it's nothing like being with God. Like, that is my ultimate love in life, but I know the problem is, is that while that is my ultimate love in life, a lot of times, my love can kind of get pulled in different areas, and while I might say, man, I love God with all my heart, there's, there's other things here on earth that I, that I love. There's things that I, I, I start off as liking, and pretty soon they start to get the 
majority of my attention. They get the majority of my affection in life. Not necessarily bad things, but they, I, 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 sometimes I feel like I start to build such a great life here on earth that I'm no longer longing for the moment to experience Jesus. And I think what happens, not just for me, and I, but I think it also happens for you, is for a lot of us, we focus so much of our attention on now instead of later in life. Our focus and our thought process is all about right here, right now, in this life, and we totally disregard later. It's like when I drive down US 1 and I head south and, 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 and I'm just living in the moment and I see the, the hot and ready sign at Krispy Kreme. I live in the now. And in the now, I think about how many hot and ready donuts can I fit into my mouth. And I found out that you can do a dozen. <laughs> like I live in that moment and I enjoy it. I'm like, oh, I, I just, when they're hot and fresh, man, have you noticed they just melt in your mouth? They're like, M&M's melts your mouth. They also melt in your hand, but it's, it's awesome. You get to lick your hands then. You know, it's, it's great. I think about that moment. It's so awesome. What I don't think about is two hours from then when I'm falling asleep, and then I'm thinking about the spare tire I just added that I'm going to have to take care of later. Yeah, they've experienced it too. They're like, man, it's terrible. It'll make you cry. I know it makes me cry every time I look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, gosh, I should have to eat those donuts, you know. Well, my wife, she, she loves to go window shopping and just walk around the mall. It's like her love language, just go look at stuff. And, and I'll see a pair of shoes, and I'm like, man, those are just so incredible. And I'm like, man, I've got to have those. I've got to add those to my wardrobe. And, and I'll buy them, and I'll be like, this is awesome. And what I don't think about is the later when i got to pay all of my bills. In the moment, it just is like awesome. Or we think the same thing, or we're out and we're having a good time and, and we're rocking it and we're, we're just thinking about that moment. We're like, I'm going to live it up tonight. We're, we're like, I'm going to rock right now. I'm Rob Basin. I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I've been known to rock the microphone, so I get stupid. And some of y'all get stupid. And you live in the now. What you don't think about is tomorrow morning when you wake up later with a hangover. And you're like, why didn't I live differently in the now? We get so caught up in our day to day, and we, we get so focused on the here and the now, we forget about later. And the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 13 is, is, is in a really, really peculiar predicament because all of his life, all he's wanted to do is preach to the Romans, and he finds himself chained up in a Roman prison, and, and you would think that when you're in like one of the worst moments of your life, your perspective would be about how terrible it is in that moment, how difficult it is, uh, all those types of things, but his perspective is, is, is very, very interesting. He, he's not thinking about the moment that he's in. He's thinking about something different. He's thinking about a, a longer-term outlook than right, what is happening right in that moment. This is what he says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things, or that I've already reached perfection. He says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, 
forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And so what Paul is getting at right here is he's saying, listen, the focus of my life is not this moment, but but the focus of my life is the moment that I reach perfection with Jesus. That's the moment that I focus on. Listen, if I get focused on everything else in life, that becomes a distraction. I press on past all of those distractions that are here right now, and I look forward to that moment. And what's interesting is, is that we come into church and we try to help gear your focus to that moment of like, Man, we have this resurrected God. We have this God that can do immeasurably more. Like to get our focus on eternity. And Paul is going, man, your focus should never be off of eternity. Your focus should always be in that place. It should be always on that moment. He's He's saying just a little bit earlier, he says, man, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And I hear statements like that, and I think, no, 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 to die is 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 losing. Like that doesn't make sense to me. But he's saying, no, 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 see, because I'm living for a different perspective. To die means that I've reached the prize, that I've reached the place that I've wanted to be. To live means that I've got to focus on Christ. Like, that's got to be my perspective in life because this, this time here on earth is temporary, but there's something that's coming along that is way more eternal, and he's encouraging us not to get focused on, too much on these things that are right here, right now, but making sure that we're focused on the long term efforts. He says one of the reasons why we want to put focus on that is, is because we're not perfect right now. Anybody else realize they're not perfect right now? Anybody else sick and tired of being imperfect? I'm, I'm sick and tired of being imperfect. I'm sick and tired of you being imperfect. Help me out a lot if you would perfect yourselves. Like, I'm sick and tired of struggling when I drive past Krispy Kreme of not going in there and buying more, you know? Like, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of struggling with pro- Like, I'm waiting for that moment that, that it's going to be when I'm with Jesus that I don't have those struggles anymore. Because I want this life to be a little bit easier. I want this life to be a little bit more comfortable. Anybody else, would, would they like their life to be a little bit more comfortable? Anybody? A couple of you? Some of y'all are just freaking liars. <laughs> like, I like comfort. Comfort is awesome. <laughs> Somebody else likes comfort. Like, and you know what's the most comforting of all comfort? Comfort food. Come on now. Comfort food, man, it will comfort you in some deep and dark moments. It'll speak life and life more abundantly. It'll increase your capacity, particularly in your waistline, but it'll increase you. And there's nothing like southern comfort food. Come on now. Anybody like some southern comfort food? Southern comfort food will change your life. And, and I'll just tell you, like, if you, if you don't have somebody that can make you Southern Comfort food, there's nothing better than going to some Cracker Barrel for breakfast. Man, Cracker Barrel for breakfast. And, and here's the deal. The thing that is the ultimate at Cracker Barrel is their biscuits. I don't know if you've ever had a biscuit at Cracker Barrel, but the biscuits are, at Cracker Barrel is where it's at. And so, like, I love going to Cracker Barrel. I order my meal. I get biscuits. And here's what I do with those biscuits. I, as I grab the first biscuit, and then the flaky ones, which is amazing. And you break it open, and the steam comes out of it. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of get that aroma in your nostrils. You break open four of those, like, butters that are hard as a rock. You throw it on those biscuits. Then you take a whole bunch of packets of honey, and you just drench those biscuits with honey. And then you slap that puppy together. 
and you let it marinate right there. Like it needs some time to soak in. It needs some time to permeate that entire biscuit. Like you want that biscuit to be so saturated that you could just drink that biscuit. Like it would just slide down your throat. Like that is where it's at. And so, like, I, I, there's nothing better than going to Cracker Barrel, and you take a bite of that biscuit, man, all of a sudden, your countenance changes, your life starts coming alive, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, it is so good, it will make you slap your mama twice. <laughs> and so, so uh, uh, a while back, like, we were at Cracker Barrel, and, and, and I ordered breakfast, because that's what you do at Cracker Barrel. What else is there to order at Cracker Barrel? And so I ordered some brisket, uh, breakfast, I got some biscuits, I, I, and, and so you don't eat your biscuit right away, okay? You save the biscuit for last. You always, every foodie knows you save the best light for bite for last, right? Is that right, foodie people? Like, you want that taste to be the last thing you remember. At least that's what I've always been taught, and so that's what I do. And if you do it, you're doing it wrong. If you don't do it my way, okay, because I got the microphone. Okay, and so, and so I, I set my biscuit up. I do my whole preparation. I put it there. I'm like, I cannot wait for this moment when I'm going to eat my biscuit. And so I'm one of those people that I I eat faster than anybody you've ever met in your entire life because when I'm eating, I'm focused on eating. Like, there's no talking right there. There's, this is eating time. And so, like, I'm, I'm focused on my food. I'm plowing it down. I get done with my meal, and I reach to grab my biscuit, and my biscuit is gone. <laughs> biscuit is missing. I'm like, can we get the biscuit police over here? Like, this biscuit is gone. And I, I look across the table, and I'm like, Shayla, have you seen my biscuit? She goes, yeah. I was like, well, where is it? She goes, I ate it. We've been in counseling ever since. <laughs> I was like, but babe, that was my biscuit. I was, I'm, I'm made, that, was, that was for me. I, I needed that. That was going to help me out. She's like, you can get over it. I was like, oh, no, you did not. <laughs> I didn't really do that because I'd get beat up at that point, but I wanted to. I wanted to tell her what was up. I just, I just kind of sat back. I was, but I love, I love comfort. A lot of us think that, that the goal in life is for us to be comfortable. But I want you to know that our purpose is not to make ourselves comfortable. As much as you think it is, like, God is not very concerned about your comfort. He's concerned about your character. He's concerned about your perspective. He's concerned about what you're focusing on in life. In fact, Paul continues on in verse 14. He says, but I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe well, God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we've already made. This language that he's using here, this language is the language of, man, I press on. He's using some, some racing terms. He's saying, listen, th there's this idea that we're in a race, and when you're in a race and you're running a race, you don't ever turn around to look back. You don't focus on what's behind you and what you've passed up and the opportunities that were there. You keep focus on the end because the moment that you slow down to check out what's happening around you, the moment you get comfortable with your surroundings is the moment you lose the race. 
It's the moment you get passed up. It's the moment you disqualify yourselves from receiving the prize that was intended for your life. He says, don't get comfortable with your surroundings. Don't get, start looking over here and start veering off in your race or veering off over here. He says, man, stay focused on that moment. And it's not just Paul that says stuff like this. Jesus is talking to some, some people that want to follow him in Luke chapter 9. And this is what he says. He says, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And he says, but Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to even lay his head. He said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Like, I don't know if you've read Jesus' words, but Jesus is pretty harsh right there. Like, some of you guys think that I'm harsh. I just learned it from Jesus. A guy's like, Jesus like, follow me. And the guy's like, man, God, I'll follow you. Hey, my dad just died. Can I go bury him? He's like, no. Let somebody else that's dead bury other dead people. You're alive. We got something better to live for. Dang, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever. Can I just say goodbye to my parents? No. Listen, you're coming to work for the kingdom of God. Don't ever look back at things. Because when you do, you disqualify yourself from running the race. Like when I read that, I'm like, because I look at my life. I look at my life in South Florida. I, I like my life. I like the comforts of my life. I love the house that I live in. I, I love the truck that I drive. I love the conveniences that are surrounding me. And I look around, and I don't always want to disregard those things. They're not the things, like, it's hard. I'm going to guess it's probably hard for you, too. Because I do, I, I, man, I love comfort. There is nothing better than going home on a Sunday afternoon after preaching four messages and going into my bedroom where I got a pillow top mattress and, and just laying down in that pillow top mattress and it just hugging me back. Listen, if you're single, you don't need a date. Just go get a pillow top mattress. It'll love you. That'll set some of y'all free right now. If I'm honest, I'm constantly looking for comfort in my life. And Paul's going, man, you got to stop doing that. You got to run your race, running for the end, which means that you're focused on the end. And, and every single step that you're taking, man, you're striving and you're pushing out and you're longing and you're reaching and you're doing everything within your power to get to the end of the race because your focus is that day that you're going to encounter Jesus, the one that you love with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. He says, man, you got to forget what's behind you and look to that destination. But how many of us really live that way? Where we're looking to the end. Where we're looking to the moment where we'll 
eventually see Jesus. See, I've learned in my life, everything that I do is going to bring reward or regret in my life. Every decision that I make is going to bring a reward or it's going to bring some sort of regret in my life in light of eternity. And so I, I could look at my life and go, man, I've got $1,000 right now. And with that $1,000, there's a lot of things I could do. There's a lot of things that would bring comfort to my life right now with that $1,000 that, that would make me feel good right here, right now, right in this moment. But eventually, I'm going to stand before Jesus one day, and he's going to look at my life and go, what did you do with that $1,000? And he's going to go, and, and based on what I did in that moment, it's going to bring a reward to my life or it's going to bring some regret to my life. It's not just money, it's our time. You know, we've got time, and maybe you've, you've had a little bit of time coming up this week, and you're like, man, I've got like a 36-hour period of time, and what I'm going to do right then is I'm going to binge watch on Netflix. And someday you're going to stand before God, and God's going to go, man, what'd you do with your time? And, and what you did with that time, that binge watching is either going to bring reward or regret. It's about our future, not just our comfort in this moment. Let me explain it like this. And Francis Chan gave a great illustration, and so I'm ripping off his illustration. This rope here is your existence. And your existence in life, man, it goes on and on and on and on. Like, you're going to exist for a long time. It's going to continue on. This is tied off to the hazer back there. So, like, it, it, like this one ends. But the reality is, is our existence is going to go on forever. Now, our, our time here on earth is represented by this red part. This is our time here on earth. And, and what's interesting about our time here on earth, what we do during this time here on earth determines what happens in all of this time for all of eternity. And what, what blows my mind in life is, is that a lot of people, they are consumed by this red part. Like their life is consumed by this. All they think about, all they contemplate, all they work for is right here in this red part. And they're like, man, I'm going to work and 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 I'm going to work. And eventually at some point right about here, I'm going to have enough time where I can travel and I can eat and I can experience golf every single day. And I can do this and I can do that. And we work our entire lives thinking about experiencing this amazing part right here. And what's crazy to me is that a lot of us live without ever thinking about experiencing this part right here. We never think about that. And Paul's going, listen, listen, I know my time is limited here on earth. And so what I'm going to do during this red part is I'm going to press on. I'm going to run for that moment that I'm going to encounter Jesus right here. Because that is my ultimate moment. What I do in this life is going to determine what happens in this part of my life. And so I'm going to max out my life right here so I can have the life I want right here. And it's crazy to me because I've had so many people say to me, especially my family, they'll be like, TJ, that decision you're making right now, you don't understand what that's going to do. You don't understand what that's going to do to your retirement and what that's going to do to your future financial planning. And I'm going, no, 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 you're crazy because you don't understand that the decisions that you're making right now are going to impact all this. You think I'm crazy. You're the crazy one. 
Because you're living for a limited time frame. I'm living for all of eternity. And you might think it's nuts that that I'd leave a secure job and sell all of our houses and empty our bank accounts and go start a church. But this is what I know is I got one chance of this life. I get one shot of this life. And you know what? You get one shot of this life. You don't get 10 shots at it. You don't get 37 do-overs. You get one shot of this life. And God has been just convicted. TJ, you got one shot of this life. Why are you living for comfort? You'll get comfort way back here. So don't focus on your comfort. Don't focus on the now. Focus for eternity. Focus on those things. Because you only get one chance. One shot. So what do we do with that chance? How do we live in that way? And Paul just gives us, in verse 17, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. Learn from those who follow our example, for I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, there are many who conduct conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. And they are headed for destruction, their God is their appetite, and they brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior, and we eagerly wait for him to return as our Savior. So so how do we live here on this earth? He says, man, you want to know how to live? Mimic me. Be imitators of how I live. Paul is saying, listen, you want to know how to make the most of your life? You want to know how to maximize this short period of your life? Do what I do. Focus with the end end in the mind. And think about that as your perspective in life. Don't get off track. Don't get focused on all these other things. He says, because the reality is, is inside of every room, inside of every single place, there are two types of Christ followers. He says, there are those that are worthy to be followed and those that are not. Well, TJ, what do you know, how do you know the difference between them? He says, well, one of them, their appetite is only for this part right here. They're consumed with maximizing this part of their life. That's how you know their appetite, where their appetite is. And the people that's appetite is consumed with filling themselves with themselves, they're not worthy to be followed. He said, but there are some people that are worthy to be followed. And when you see those people, you need to imitate them. You need to live your life like them. You need to run in the same direction that they are. This past two weeks ago, I was at dinner with a a, a group of people, and one of our elders was at this dinner, and uh, we were sitting next to each other, and and, and I love when I get to hang out with this guy. Like, we, we, we ignore everybody else, and we just have an entire conversation the whole two hours we're at this dinner with all these people. Like, we just got into our own little deal. And I'm sitting there, and I'm talking. We're cutting up, and we just had a guest speaker in, and he's like, oh, man, TJ, I got to tell you this. God rocked my world on Sunday. I was like, really? Tell me about that. He goes, well, you know, I, I, I've, been, I've been saving up for this computer over the last couple of years. And I was like, yeah, I, I know you've wanted this, this MacBook thing that's like d- tricked out like crazy. He's like, yeah, and, and, and we've been saving. And this weekend when, when David was speaking, I heard him talking about how, how the miracle a lot of times is sitting in our hand and, and, and God's just waiting for us to open our hand to him. And, and I was sitting there and as I was hearing that, I, 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 I said to God, I said, God, like I, I want 
this computer really bad, but what I want more than this computer is I want to be a miracle for other people, and I want to see other people's lives change. And while I want this computer right now, what I want more than that is I want to see lives transformed for Jesus Christ. And he says, I turned to my wife and I said, hey, babe. And I was like, man, really, that's awesome. And I walked away from that dinner that night, and over the next two days, God starts going, what's in your hand? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, God. Kevin's got stuff in his hands. And God goes, you need to be an imitator of those that are leading you. And I'm so thankful that we have elders in this church that lead us in a spiritual way. And they say, you know what, TJ, we're people that you can emulate. We're people that you can follow, that will sacrifice, that will do whatever it takes to lead this church in every single way. And, and, And I'm so thankful that there's people like that in our church that we can follow. Challenge me to go to a higher level of sacrifice in my life. Challenge me to follow at a deeper level because I do like comfort. I love comfort in life. And God's going, you know what? You're getting a little too comfortable with this life. You're getting a little bit too focused on the here and the now. And you're not very focused on eternity and making an eternal difference. And I'll never forget this line that this elder dropped on me right at the very end which is a line that I've used a ton of times in here. It's from an old revivalist. And he says, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of that opportunity. And God goes, man, we've got the opportunity of a lifetime. But you've got to seize it in your one life to live. And so the question I have for all of us today is, is what are you doing with your life? Are you living in a way that when you meet Jesus, you're living with reward? You're going to be met with reward. You're going to be met with regret. And my prayer for all of us is that we would not get comfortable, that we would not get complacent, that we would not just get so consumed with here and now, but we would get a revelation of who God is and how much he loves us. And that would be our focus of our affection, the focus of our appetite, the focus of our life. And he would change us and convict us and transform us from the inside out. Would you pray with me? God, I just come before you and my prayer today is is that, God, you would do a work in people like you're doing in me. God, that you would speak to each and every one of us in our own unique way, in our own unique situation, that as we assess our lives and we look at our lives, that we go, in, in, in light of eternity, what am I living for? What's most important to me? God, and I pray that our focus wouldn't be on the light and momentary affections of this world, but our, our affection, our whole heart would be focused on you. 